All right, welcome to the Dave and Steve show with Tracy. I am Steve, and sitting right alongside me from parts unknown is the lovely and buxom Tracy. I am really excited for once to have our children join us later in the show. I, I know you just spilled the beans right out from under everything. That, that, I, that's I can't totally keep a secret. You know me. No, it's it's very exciting. So um, Tr- Tracy just uh, let off with something that we're going to be doing. Uh, Dave's away, so we figured we'd we would uh, we'd mix things up a little bit, and that means uh, we're going to be bringing uh, two of our children uh, on the program, and they will be uh, they will be participating in one of my crazy ass games. So uh, it should be a lot of fun. I'm I'm really excited about it. Um, I, I don't I don't know how it's going to go down. I don't know what's going to well, happen. I, I have an idea how it's going to go down. <laughs> we we are going to humiliate them beyond <laughs> compare. That because is... they, they, for a lot of people that if you listen to the show for a long time, that we've got a couple of kids that think they're kind of smart, and so it doesn't take much to add a little humility into their lives. So Steve and I have cooked up. A game that'll just kind of, uh, kind of humble these two a little bit. Yeah, yeah, and that so. that's exactly right. Um, we thought we'd kind of play a little. I mean, we'd play a little hardball with them and uh, see how they see how they do, um, and see uh, how big their britches are um, <laughs> at the end of the night um, when it happens. I mean, it sounds like we're gonna. It sounds like we're gonna do something. You know, absolutely terrible and completely devastate them and maybe we will but you know we used to call that character building back in the day yeah and once you once you brought britches into it yes yes, yes. or breaches um yes. yeah we, I, we, which is nothing more than just your garden variety pantaloon yeah pantaloon knickers um <laughs> knickerbockers <laughs> As long um, as we're dealing with uh, just different words for pants, buckled, <laughs> buckled below the deal. knee. Yeah, right, just below the knee. So, uh, should be a lot of fun. I'm excited to, I'm excited to see how this goes down. Honestly, yeah, it's gonna be too. a lot of fun. So, uh, here we are, face to face, couple of silver spoons. Um, Dave's gone. Um, he's in Disneyland, uh, trying not to get COVID, and uh, we are. We're not. We're not in Disneyland. Um, we're we're here on a Thursday night. Um, it's drizzly. Tracy's having power outages over there. What 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 what's the outlook over there now, Tracy? It, it, it's fine. I don't even know. I can't understand why it is that uh, uh, that my power goes out. I kind of live in an area that has a lot of redundancy systems. So like, I don't know what it takes for the power to go out. But whatever it was, it happened tonight. And then so. Normally, I, I have a very long and involved pre-show ritual, uh, but that was that was off course tonight because uh, my pre, uh, pre-show ritual involved just simply a nap because all the power was out, and, uh, and my family was is going out of town for the weekend, which is fantastic, and so they're packing for this excursion, and so I thought, well, they are getting all these things together and assembling all of the things that they need, I will sleep. So you're you're planning on so not only are you not going to have the time with them while they're gone, you're trying to uh, jump into that a little early, with uh, 
with, by time traveling um, until they are until they're out of the house. Yes, it is, it's exactly right. So that uh, yeah, so I was just and so I was I was just dreaming. I was laying next to the cat, and we were just both just just out. And then uh, uh, my my son Rory, who you'll hear later, he comes barging into the room and says, "Dad, Dad, the power came back on. Your uh, your podcast is in thirty minutes." Well, I mean, so, he would make a really, really great hotel bellhop. You know, his his wake up call is absolutely fantastic. Yeah, it's yeah, not not so much a concierge, but more of a more of the everything that's disturbance. Right, right. Not helpful, not helpful, but uh, definitely disturbing. So yeah, he he went ahead and did that. So, I uh, so then at, and I had to message you to say my power's back on, and then I had to, to decide what my how I was going to wake up because if I sleep for over like 20 minutes, I'm a very stupid person. And so like, (laughs) I, I have to, so I decided to take a shower, which was, which was fantastic. And then, then I jumped on just, just in the nick of time. Well, that's, uh, I'm so glad you did. I'm really excited to uh, have our sons on. Um, Did you get up to anything interesting last week? I was, and it was one of those things I was talking about. I was thinking to myself, how, what, what did I, what was I wanting to talk about this week? And then, then it came to mind what this segment really should be called. Uh, what you and I would talk about with Dave's gone is, uh, what would Dave hate segment? Oh yes. And, uh, so for sure. So, uh, it was what it's, it's spring. And so at my, uh, my, uh, son's school, uh, my, um, middle son, uh, middle school band played. And so this can be one of those things where like, this is one of the early years where kids are playing band instruments. They're very new to the instruments. And so it's their first time in a band setting. And this can be something where you're like, it's equal parts, like kind of happy that they're playing, Mm -hmm. but you're, you're, but the, you know, the arrangements are simplified. Normally the, uh, the, the compositions are, are, are going to be uh, simpler, more basic. And so you come away really proud that they ended at the same time in yes. many cases yeah. and that they were, but, um, what was, I was thinking of it. It was just so pretty happy of, of this is that they go to a school that very, very, very much values fine arts. And so, um, and I love, I do love the STEM aspects of it. I do love, all those, all those things for sure. But I think when people can color the world a little differently with uh, music and art and creations, I think it helps us sort of, I think it influences like how we apply STEM and how we apply science in many ways. And, and so how we artfully go about uh, creating kind of a, a prettier world, if, uh, if not a better world. So anyway, uh, so I was absolutely blown away by the progress. His his band uh, had won an award, uh, a superior rating from their uh, accreditation agency. And that's the highest um, rating. Superior, yeah, which is, is the, the highest, highest rating. rating. Yes, mm-hmm. and uh, and uh, they did um, they did Gershwin and just many 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 just incredible kind of uh, orchestral jazz standards. Uh, that uh, with with solos and all kinds of things and uh, and so for a little while during that concert I had 
an immense amount of respect for my son just for a little while. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's great. Um, and it is nice to be surprised by the, you know, the level of, you know, attainment where, where they are in their, right. Um, because when, when a kid starts and I, I, I make no secret of this, I, I absolutely, you know, a parent will come up to me, Hey, Steve, you're a musician, you're in band, you, you, you know, you know, we're, our, our kids starting the, you know, the clarinet or their flute or, you know, trumpet or whatever. And, and I, I, I say, okay, do you want unsolicited advice? <laughs> like I always ask off, I always ask now because it used to be, I would just launch into this, you know, right. Um, incredible Ted talk, right. On, right. on why Welcome you need TED your talk. kid. Yeah. Exactly. And I'd, I'd go on for 10 minutes and uh, not even, not even caring if they're interested in what I had to say, but it, but I ask, and usually they'll say, yes, yes, definitely. Um, talk to me. I'm like, okay, here's what you need to prepare yourself for. They're going to want to quit and, um, they're going to hate it and they're going to hate you and they're going to hate the instrument and they're going to hate their teacher and they are going to do everything that they can to stop doing it the way they have other things. And they're going to so be I, I'm rewarded. feeling that this Ted talk is going to end or it's titled embrace the hatred. Yes, <laughs> it is. You need to look that kid in the eye and tell them, yes, you do suck. You absolutely suck. And you will get better if you, if you practice, but you need and, to go yeah. and put the time in and it's, and, and you know what? I got some really sad news. It's not going to happen fast. <laughs> it's not. It's right. not going to happen fast. And you need to, you you know, put a tip jar by their, you know, by their door. And when you hear them practicing, you, you know, once in a while, put a $5 bill in that tip jar, you know, reward that, reward that behavior, you know, sporadically, not every time you don't have to pay. You, you don't want them to do it for the reward. You want them to be, you know, surprised but do i don't not know let them quit i don't know see because this is one of those things where when i when i started playing electric guitar mm -hmm. i was playing for the reward <laughs> you were playing somebody put a tip jar in front of you no i i, I was convinced it would get me girls and oh so, no no that uh, and that's that you were able to materialize the the award in your own mind nobody with a <laughs> trombone in their hand <laughs> Is is saying you know what this is going to get I me. Let me tell you something. I was able to materialize it far, far beyond my mind. <laughs> Good for you, um, but but you know somebody's somebody a kid needs uh, needs encouragement to practice and uh, but you have to have that and we've talked about this on the show before. You yeah. just need to have that conversation with them, and it sounds like it's paid off for your kid. Well, I mean, we talked about we've talked about what a discipline is. And so uh, we talk about things that are called disciplines and discipline never sounds like a good word. No. So we like music, art, and certain things like systems of learning or disciplines. And mm -hmm. so that we, you go learn them and it's like, yeah, for a while, this sucks. It's not very good. It's not very fun. And uh, so I told them there's a couple of tricks I learned playing guitar is that when, when, the instrument makes a noise you don't want it to. Mm -hmm. You look at the instrument like it did it, not you. Right. Right. Hey, so yeah, guitarists know how to do this, but often like woodwind 
players don't. They they when it squeaks or honks or makes some kind of noise, they feel bad inside. They shouldn't. Simply just take it out of your mouth, look at it, and go, "What the heck's up with you?" Yeah, knock it off. Yeah, blame the instrument. So uh, that was the, one of the early things I did. And the other was that when I brought home a clarinet in mm-hmm. fifth grade, my dad said, oh, here. And he brought out like uh, one of his uh, uh, 33 and a thirds. Yeah. And <laughs> and so played a little Benny Goodman. And uh, the interesting thing about Benny Goodman was, uh, folks, uh, for all of you under the age of 120, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Benny Goodman didn't, uh, he didn't, clarinet players don't sound like that. He did stuff with the clarinet that you, you're not supposed to do. Yeah. Yeah. Unless it has batteries in it or something, but the the tootling was uh, excellent. Yeah. You, that was, so I, I was thinking, well, this is terrible because when I, uh, when I blow into this thing, it doesn't make that sound. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so anyway, and then, um, and, uh, and I did want to quit the clarinet for sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, I have also maintained um, a hardline stance that nothing has killed a mu- musician faster than the family clarinet, right? The, the, clarinet, <laughs> the clarinet that's been passed around, like, the cla- you, like oh, no, uh, you'll be playing the clarinet. You didn't choose the clarinet. People choose the no. clarinet because they find it um, soothing. They, they, they like it. They, they think it's a perfectly fine instrument and it is when you choose it, but when it's chosen for you and given to yeah. you by, you know, some uncle, because they paid it off, you know, years ago, it's like corduroy pants. Oh. It's, it's never, nobody ever wants it. You just end up with it. <laughs> when and, you, uh... when you pick out the cords, great. <laughs> but when, but when they're handed to you with a patch on them, no, thank you. No, yep. thank you. I will not wear corduroy pants. Tufkin. You're absolutely Tufkin. true. It, it, but nothing's killed than the family clarinet, where it's like, you know what? I really want to play the trumpet. Here's a clarinet. You play, well, you know play what? I'm clarinet. not playing. We have band. one in the closet. We're done. We're done with band forever. And I and there there was there was a genius musician in there that was going to graduate to the Barry Sax and just, you know kill it on Saturday night live or Ed Sullivan or whatever the kids are watching these days. And, and nope, not, not, not because of the family clarinet, family clarinet nope. just killed it. Clarinet killed it. Yeah. So it did. And so, yeah, Benny Goodman, the last uh, clarinet player that really mattered. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone after that just uh, was really very sad. Played it with a very melancholy tone. Very sad um, clarinet. I remember it in the Bolero. And Peter and the Wolf, I believe it was the duck. So, Steve, my major question to you is, what did you do this last week that Dave hated? I cleaned the garage. Uh, I also, I'm I'm really excited because um, there's a lot of really great streaming stuff uh, coming out soon that I've been waiting for. There's a new, and by the time you hear this, it'll it'll be out. The new um, Obi-Wan Kenobi series is coming out. Uh, for Star Wars, I'm really excited to um, check that out. The new Stranger Things is is coming out, um, and um, on the 30th, the uh, the new Fantastic Beasts: Secrets of Dumbledore comes out, and <laughs> you made that up. I no no that where is, in the hell what streaming service produces that kind of Hobo Max Hobo Max is putting that out. Um, okay. Yeah, it's right. uh, it's already been out. Warner Brothers. Um, the reviews have not been kind. 
Um, they haven't been oh. kind. Um, I haven't. Maybe I, it was the dumb name that uh, sent people off. Oh, the thing is, um, is that these movies are so they are so inaccessible to somebody that is not a fan of that whole Harry Potter universe. Um, that if you show up, it might as well be a, a different language that they're speaking. Like who, who the hell knows what is, uh, what is going on in these movies. This if should you... have gone uh, directly to a uh, DVD is what you're saying. No. <laughs> well, that's VHS. the other thing is that the, um, the, the following is so big that they still are making a ton of money on these movies, even though you will hear um, many English words um, mixed in with a lot of made up words okay. that you don't know. And you, you, you won't know what's driving the characters. Nothing. It's just, yeah, you're not going to know. Um, it's, it's almost impossible for anybody to pick up at this point on a brand new movie from this universe and understand a thing. None of these can stand on their own. None of them. Well, you know, I, so I have some appreciation for that. And I, I want part of me, part of my soul wants to make fun of this heavily because it's obviously a niche audience, but there, there have been certain authors, classic authors um, besides Tolkien, but even uh, C.S. Lewis that were managed, managed over their books to sort of introduce you to a language Yeah, that by the end, they could produce, put in front of you much of this language and you would have a context to be able to read it just as if it were English. And that is a very impressive thing. Like I could never do that. Um, so I wrote a story with uh, somebody who had a, uh, like a palsy mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, they didn't speak. Uh, they had a, this, a very, very bad speech impediment. So I tried to do that same thing. Uh, but uh, the acquisition editor that I had when I was trying to pitch this book told me that I was uh, I was making fun of handicapped people. Oh, and I told her so, and that we didn't. You know, <laughs> I didn't think of another comeback. Well, no, no. But, but were were you were you trying to write that into the story, or were, were yeah? You... I was. Yeah, I had written sort of this phonetic understanding of like how they were capable. So it, to me, it was a dialect. It wasn't anything. It was basically the how it is that they spoke. It was and it filled the context completely. So that was my attempt to try to introduce this sort of dialect of their language based upon this sort of phonetic understanding of, uh, of American English. So, but what it was based in realism around what, how your, your friend communicated, correct? Dave is absolutely going ape shit right now, but yes, that's exactly <laughs> it. And so, uh, so it was, uh, but anyway, it was, I, I was asked to have that pulled from, uh, the, from the book. Oh, yeah. well, so, and then uh, that book never got published. That was my, my first big pitch. Your magnum opus. Yeah, that was my my first one. So it's it was uh, so it's still lingering on a, on a hard drive that I have access to. And and one of these days, one of these days, maybe this weekend, with my family away, I will pick this up, revisit it. Yes, yeah, revisit it. Check and, and see uh, if it, if it's truly if it's truly offensive or if it makes somebody uncomfortable because they don't understand that it was written from a standpoint of of somebody that had. Um. That, that actually had that, um, you know, impediment, right? Well, I, th- the thing is, though, I wanted to really blame, like, oversensitivity to it. 
but the truth is upon looking at it, I just didn't write it very well. That's oh, all. So it's all just, on me. So I can, oh, I can so do better. If you, if you write it a little better, then it would totally be. It passable. didn't rise. To, it didn't rise to offense. If it was well done and it offended someone, man, I, I want in on that <laughs> business right now, but it's uh, but it never, it, it just never got there. It just, it was poorly executed because I was uh, very early in my uh, writing craft. I'm not as, I'm not, as, it wasn't as seasoned as I am now. Right. Well, yeah. now, now you can, you can pull all kinds of new tricks with that. So yeah, get, get after it. So, um, so yeah, excited about that new Harry Potter movie. Um, <laughs> I just want that drop. <laughs> <laughs> I don't love that you said that, but I love that you said that. I said it on purpose. I said it with yeah. purpose. Um, and yeah, that's, <clears throat> so that's what, that's what I did. Um, anyway, um, that I, I don't, I don't have anything else interesting to, to really talk about in the, um, in the week, but I am interested in getting our, getting our kids in, uh, kids in here. They've agreed to do it. It's going to be great. Um, so we're going to take a break and then we're going to come back with a new minute. Um, we're going to have, uh, we're going to have this crazy ass game and then we're going to maybe have some headlines and off, off we go. We'll, we'll, we'll scatter all of you to the wind and then you can come back when, uh, when the real talent shows back up when, when Dave decides to, uh, um, you know, not you know, be out on the golf course. So, all right. So we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back on the Dave and Steve show with Tracy. Howdy folks. This here's tiny Tex Thompson, owner of tiny Tex Thompson's Texas tiny houses. By now you've probably heard of this tiny house craze that everyone's been talking about. And you've also no doubt heard that everything is bigger here in Texas. That's why Tiny Tex Thompson's Texas Tiny Houses only carry the biggest tiny houses you'll find on the market today. They're Texas size. Now you might be saying to yourself, well, heck Tex, I don't want to poop in no compost bucket hanging from the side of a refrigerator. This tiny house life just ain't for me. Well, partner, that's where our Texas sized tiny houses come in. Don't want to poop in a bucket? Great. Our tiny houses have two to three spacious bathrooms each with their own functioning toilets, bathtubs, and showers. But Tex, I don't want to sleep in no loft above my kitchen. Me either, buddy. Which is why Texas tiny houses feature master suites that measure close to 300 square feet and bedrooms for each of your little buckaroos measuring out to just over 150 square feet. You want a two-car garage in your tiny house? Done. You want a large dining room that can host Texas-sized parties at your new tiny house? We got those too. My guarantee to you is that you won't find a bigger tiny house on the market, or my name ain't Tiny Tex Thompson. Excuse me, Mr. Thompson? Why, yes sir, how can I help you? Well, these aren't tiny houses at all. They're just, well, houses. So come on down to Tiny Tex Thompson's Texas Tiny Houses off of Woodbury Drive north of Highway 99, where the only thing bigger than our tiny houses is the smile you'll leave with on your face. Hey, darling, I'm going to need some help getting this body out of here.
Birthdays are a lot harder than you think. And there's a lot of things to consider and plan, and the pressure to get them exactly right is immense. First, you have to know the day of their birthday. Now, for most of you, the person you're trying to celebrate is important to you. So you probably know the date of their birthday right off the top of your head. But if not, make sure you make a note of it somewhere. The next part is important. You celebrate them. This could be gifts. This could be preparing a meal they want. Or it could be just filling their activities with happy things or relieving them from unhappy things and only because it's their special day. Then finally, maybe a cake. A big stupid cake with a candle in it. This has been Tracy's disbelief that a simple birthday celebration is beyond his family's control. Minute. And now, live from the Dave and Steve Show studio in beautiful Burbank, California, it is time for another one of Steve's crazy-ass games. All right, welcome to the crazy quiz game, Father-Son Edition. Uh, we have two very special guests uh, in the studio that we've just called in. It would be in. really great to have our sons in the studio on a Father-Son Edition. Wouldn't it? Yeah. Wouldn't it? And, and, and yes, here they are. Um, we have Rory and Zach, our sons. Um, if you're fans of the show, you know uh, which son belongs to which person. Um, we're going to be asking them some, some questions. Now, these, these questions are tough, so please don't feel terrible if you don't get them right. It's like We've had quiz games with, with folks on, and sometimes they don't get them right. Sometimes they do get them right. It's not that big of a deal. We're just going to you know, grab a couple of points and see what and happens. Don't get, don't get mad. It's not to humiliate you. Some of these are these are a little tough, um, but so you guys are a couple smarty pants, so you should be able to, you know, maybe get pretty close on a lot of these. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to be really impressed if you if you um, if you get if you get close on these. So, um, so let's go ahead and just start off the start off the. Uh, actually, do you want to do you want to introduce yourself, um, Zach, before I start um, asking you questions? Hi, I'm I'm Zach and. Yeah. <laughs> Do you understand the the rules to the game that I have um, I've said to you? Huh? Oh, yeah. Great. Okay. Great. And Rory, do you would you like to say a, a few words to the listeners? Hi. Great. Um, I'm the third wheel. <laughs> third, <laughs> or the third wheel son, actually. The third wheel son. The son of the wow, son. that's that's great. I just Dude. had my name actually put in the show permanently. The so, spare, um, the spare third wheel that it's not what it says when you look it up on pod bean um one thing let's move on with the uh, show if you look up dave and steve show it it shows you guys' logo but you're merely on the side it just says search with tracy just search with tracy no don't no don't search that you're gonna get you never know what you're gonna get yeah Yeah, just never mind all right um off and running on the uh quiz show to end all quiz shows so this first question is for zach um Zach, what are people with electorophobia afraid of? <laughs> um, chickens. Um, yeah, yeah that that's correct. How did you how did you know that? <laughs> it's it's from the Greek root uh, elector for rooster, Dad. <laughs> oh, you, know? you oh it's from the Greek root. <laughs> yeah. It's from the Greek root for rooster. That's 
You just know. You, Are you learning you Greek? You gave him the answer on that. He wouldn't have known. There's no I way. Dad's taught me some Greek before. You know, it's interesting. Learning <laughs> Greek is actually really cool. Yeah. Okay, Rory. My favorite character is the Lambda. Okay, be quiet here. So, uh, Rory, here's a question for you. Which Asian country, now Asia is, that bi- is a big continent. Yeah, so, that one. Which Asian country fought in seven of the deadliest wars in human history? Yeah, that's China. Okay, okay China. you're guessing. That no, was I'm... a guess. Of course, you would say China. No, it, I didn't guess. China fought in World War II, Tamping Rebellion, the Qin Conquest, the Ming Dynasty, Mongol Conquest, Russian Rebellion, Dungeon Revolt, okay, Conquest okay. of Timur. Who was it? Timur the Lots Lame. of wars, and most of them their own doing. So. Uh, just, wait, that was uh, Timur was the Lame, correct? right? The, the sheep bandit guy? Yeah, he ended up being one of the biggest conquerors of all time. Well, yeah, that that oh. that's right, guys. Yeah. <laughs> you both, gr- okay, yeah, uh, uh, well done. Uh, okay, uh, point for mm. Rory, I guess. <laughs> um, okay, Zach, uh, question number three: um, <clears throat> What do scientists call the circle around uh, this? What do scientists call the circle that surrounds a black hole? Uh, I think you're talking about the accretion disk. No, I mean the circle around a black hole in space. The you know black holes in space. Uh, Steve, uh, Zach got it right. It's called the accretion disk. You also might be able to argue that an event horizon could be considered a circle around a black hole too, considering that it's the point of no return around the singularity, which all light and most things don't go past. Right, but that that, that would only be if you were. Uh... When we're able to draw a straight point to a point line around the sphere of the gravitational event. Well, I mean, as long as it was equidistant. Okay. Uh, All right. Okay. Okay. Uh, okay. How do, you, how do you know so much about that, Rory? Oh, I, I love I love uh, space and black holes and stuff. And okay, it's also part Rory, of it's a family show. That I'm... Okay. It's a family show. Clean it up a little bit. Okay. All right. Question... Next question for you, Rory. Uh, what is the name of the Duke of Milan who casts a spell on a ship in Shakespeare's The Tempest? Really, Dad? This one's pretty easy. It's Prospero. Next question, please. Wait a minute. When did you read The Tempest? Dad, in fifth grade. You helped me with the diorama I had to do for that, that report. I practically did the diorama for you. So, <laughs> so I still knew the answer. <laughs> but did you know, Tracy, this begs the question. Did you not know what, what you were building a diorama? For? Look, I, I have a lot of responsibilities in my life, including being on a podcast. And so, no, I didn't remember that. He's a diorama builder. He's the, uh, he's, he's, he's the house Just, diorama builder. He drew it in crayon. And I said, I'm going to make this the best diorama. On and then that. he used marker. All right. Um, yeah. well, you know, I guess he, the train's got that get to work mentality. Okay. Uh, score one for, uh, Rory. Very well done on the, uh, Shakespeare. He knows his, he knows his black holes and his Shakespeare. So, uh, well done. Uh, all right, Zach, 
Um, this one's this was kind of tough. Um, Shostak Shostakovich's Symphony Number no. Seven is a musical tribute to which battle of World War II? Oh, battle of Leningrad. How, Zach, how do you know that? Zach, how, how do you know that? Dad, do you really think that this is how I want to spend my Thursday night explaining World War II history and musical history to you, to my father? Dad, I love you, but this is. Is this what your idea of a father-son moment is? This is Dad, Dad, I I'm could be doing homework right here. now. Yeah, well, I, I don't think you have it. I think you did all the homework. How do you know this? How do you know this? This is, did you learn this in music or what? Dad, they changed the curriculum since your time, okay? Like, it's it's a lot more advanced. So they, they said, you know what? Um, more history's happened, so let's just go ahead and uh, and shove that Shostakovich uh, <laughs> piece in there to have them, because I sure as hell didn't learn that. Yeah, yeah I, uh, I, I've uh, talked to them, uh, my school, since then about having curriculum. So um, A lot of new stuff that we have to learn. <sighs> we learned okay. about what you had to learn. We learned okay, about Rory, the uh, things that you since, had to learn. That's how old you guys are. <laughs> let's see if there's uh, more interest to space. Besides okay. the vast Alrighty. space between your ears. Uh, HD 140283 is one of the most ancient known stars. <clears throat> it's over 13.5 billion years old. But it also has a biblical name. Dad, this is really, really easy. It's called Methuselah in the Bible. That's three points. Can I leave now? I want to go watch Rick and Morty. Yeah, can, can, can we please go? I... This didn't okay. No, so no, you can't go. If you just get no, yeah, fine. You know a lot of book learning. You paid attention in school, but um, Steve, yeah, I kind of want to up the ante here. Let's. Uh, are you guys able to answer any uh, questions about us? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just for fun. Uh, let's just okay. see. No points. Let's see what let's you just, pay attention. Let's just with. see. Uh, I'll go first. I have a question. I'm interested in. Uh, and seeing if Rory knows the answer to this. Uh, Rory, can you tell me when my birthday is? Weren't you born on February 29th? No, my birthday. February 29th. You were born on a leap year. No, your father, me, my birthday. Do you, do you have any idea when it might be? Dad, I'm... I, I'm pretty sure you were born. Well, on I'm pretty sure that you're absolutely wrong. Thank you very much. Your birthday. Tra tra what was the last gift that you received on your birthday? It was uh, it was a shitty diorama that I made myself, <laughs> apparently. So, uh, okay. Yeah. So anyway, you don't know my birthday. How's that uh, for a black hole? That's in the calendar. <laughs> Jack, are more interesting than you, Dad. Rory, here's a here's a tip. Father's Day's next month. All right, <laughs> you can. I thought it was last month. You know, dude, you can make this up. You can totally help him. You just, 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 just. You're all. You're just, you're just Google it. Just, just Bing that and figure it out. Um, I. Okay, sorry that didn't didn't go. It didn't go as planned, but okay. Um, all right. Zach, I, I got one for you. Super, you're, what's my shoe size? Uh, um, what? W what size shoe do I wear? Like, like, like when we go bowling? 
Well, yes, I would also I would also have the same shoe size when we went bowling as well. But unless you take a different the pair shoe, of feet with you, Zach, like His you, bowling feet. Uh, um, thirteen. Nine. My shoe size is nine. You were wearing my shoes last week. Last week you wore my shoes and they're size nine. Are your are your shoes thirteen? Did you think that my shoes were thirteen and that you, are you cramming wow, your thirteen feet into my nine shoes? Is that what's happening? Dad, you gave me a really hard one. No, that was not hard. That was not hard on lots of levels. You 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 wear my shoes. Nine. Where did you where did you just stab in the dark? Guess thirteen. No. Oh, yeah. I D was gonna say custom. <laughs> custom. Uh, the answer is my left is an eight and my right is eleven. <laughs> so no, that's not, that's not the case. Um, I, my my shoe size. Everybody, anybody that wants to get me some Asics, um, size nine. Um, size nine on both feet. You didn't both have polio feet. as a child. Both feet. Yeah, both feet. Um, size yeah, thirteen. The, these uh, two eggheads aren't so smart after all. Well, not when it comes to their old man. <laughs> They're not. But, um, but I am very proud of both of you. You you did very well on um, uh, on the on the on the quiz game. Uh, we'll we'll give you some kind of a prize. Um, Zach, your prize will be next week. You can mow the lawn. Uh, are you gonna pay me this time? No. Yeah. And, and Rory, uh, you're you're gonna get to go to Alabama. So uh, have at it. Everybody loves uh, the Alabama. I was already Gulf gonna Coast. go to Alabama. Well, now you get to go and uh, know that it uh, goes with my blessings. <laughs> you paid for the plane ticket, Dad. Yeah, it's uh, it's one way. So. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking, did he did he pay for both plane tickets? <laughs> that's that's the trick. Um, well, Great okay. Having these guys on the show, this 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 did not go as planned, but it filled thirteen minutes. So we're 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 gonna keep it. Um, thank thank you both for you know taking the time. I'm sorry you had to school your old man on both music and history. Zach. So if you have, if you have homework, I guess you can run along and space. Don't forget. About and space. Spa well, yeah, you school me. <laughs> Great. Yeah. That accretion disc. Thanks Roy. Accretion disc. All right. Uh, thank you both. And uh, yeah, you guys need to get to bed. So. <laughs> All right. We will be back uh, with more on the Dave and Steve show with Tracy. Uh, stick around. Once again, would love to thank uh, Rory and Zach for coming on and just humiliating us, uh, turning. Yeah, the it tables. wasn't really what I was expecting, but uh, you know what else I wasn't expecting? What's that? A birthday card from that jackass. So uh, <laughs> we, we all got what we wanted there. So well, um, I, I wouldn't be too. I mean, don't be too hard on them. I mean, yeah, you yeah, know, you're right. I'm. <laughs> Be as hard on him as you want. I, I mean, he's your your kid. Uh, you know, do what you do what you got to do. I guess. Um. Anyway, it was it was fun. It was fun to have him yeah, on. That anyway, was good. um. Well, they you know gave me crap about you know. I guess I didn't know. I guess I didn't know enough. Um. 
Did yeah? Did you? <laughs> well, I I don't know. I kind of want to stop thinking about it. Really, I I don't know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, you know what? You know what I want to think about. What is it? The headlines. And now, straight from the Dave and Steve Show news desk in beautiful Anytown, USA Plaza, it's Tracy Green with this week's headlines. Yep. Our first story right now, it smells like all of Cincinnati's residents just had sexual intercourse simultaneously. What? what? Over and over and over. What? Calorie Pear trees are to blame, pushing out a pungent scent as they bloom each spring around the region. It smells like sex in here. What is that? What does that mean? Well, I don't know. See, what your nose drives from the trees is like a carousel of uh, terribleness. Uh, for some, calorie pear trees smell like rotting fish. For others, they smell like vomit. And unfortunately, for the majority of us, scientists have shown that these things reek of semen lots of semen what? okay Steve talked about these one, one time on a, he, on a on an old uh an old episode he did i don't know yeah so uh, like a sub 50 but uh but greater than 20 oh so like more of a back in the day kind of thing yeah well i don't know i'm, I'm not not really clear. It was uh, so the uh, non-native uh, calorie pear tree, also known as the Bradford pear tree, has been terrorizing us for more than seventy years. After someone had the boneheaded idea to bring one of these back to the United States from China, Americans loved them in the nineteen fifties when they were new here, and as they grew in just about any type of soil and were attractive. But these damn trees began spreading wildly crowding out native trees and planting their general generally mucking up the regional ecosystems oh. and the uh, foul smelling air that's gross that's gross it, it, there's this one uh now i when i when i go on long bike rides uh there's a there's a trail along uh the east side of lake sammamish okay and it's known as the uh East Lake Samaritan Trail, oh. uh, believe it or not, but there there's a segment along that uh, that has a that has an odor I don't like. So it's, uh, it's very reminiscent of uh, of uh, just you know things that come out of the body when they're not things that smell like things that come out of the body are worse than the thing that actually comes out of the body in many cases. Okay. I don't know if you follow that. We'll just kind of I, do the map. I super right follow that. I'm gonna I'm gonna make a Vizio map of it. Yes, if, yeah. yeah if, if you would. Anyway, uh, Bradford uh, pear trees uh, they stink. So anyway, in Cincinnati, <clears throat> the, the citizens of Ohio there um, are enjoying that smell. That's uh, that's that's unfortunate. I uh, I hope I, I hope all of it burns and uh, they never have to smell it again. Well, I mean, have you ever been to Ohio, Steve? No. And I I would I have nothing against Ohio. I would like to go visit Ohio. Yeah, I for a while, I in my 20s I had this theory that people from Ohio didn't have chins. Like, you know, like the you know what that that little bone at the bottom of the chin, I think well, it's I think it's called the chin cup, I think or something like that. Okay. Um Should, No, that, that no, that's that, a Kevin Costner movie. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's right. The chin cup. Yes. Yeah. So, um, the, uh, the, 
I was, I'd met like three people from Ohio and they had this kind of slopey chin that like, it didn't like, like if they dribbled something off of their, out of their mouth when they were eating, there was nothing there to catch. It'd just it. run it right gonna, down was, into their shirt because there's nothing yeah, to, so there's going nothing right down, to drip follow off the neck straight into the shirt. And, and then they're, they're in their, um, they're, they're, they're changing out of their Ohio state university. Um, <laughs> because we are we are a people that have evolved into um into a species where if you if you eat um uh eat or lick too much ice cream it should just go right off the end of your chin but you're saying that you felt that if you cross state lines into ohio your chin would disappear or people from ohio um this was now, a, this was an I evolutionary thing. Yeah, I I can't speculate on whether or not my own chin would disappear. I don't know that. Okay. I have no evidence that it wouldn't. Okay, but I am saying that like at one point in my life, everyone from Ohio had this same looking kind of chin. Okay, and uh, and so it was it kind of concerned me a little bit. But I I'm happy to report that I've met other people from Ohio uh, with different kinds of chins. And I, and I, of course, I, 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 I pretend to get to know them by asking them lots of questions. Like, are you from Ohio? How many generations have you been in Ohio? Exactly. You're going to, you're going to want to, you're going to want to graph this. Yes. Has your chin always been like that? Did you have plastic surgery? Just those kinds of just normal kind of get to know you Midwest questions. Sure. Yeah. And so anyway, uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm just a little unclear on it. I don't know now. I'm not as, I'm not as firm on my hypothesis as I once was, but um, anyway, I'll get back to you on that for sure. Okay. Yes, please do. Um, we'll we'll be waiting for that report. Um, what, what's your next headline? Our uh, second story: A brewery in Singapore has taken the message of being environmentally friendly to another level by turning urine and sewage into alcoholic beverages. A brewery oh. in Singapore has taken the message. Oh, wait, wait. Uh, they're out of business. <laughs> they're they're done. We don't need to do this story. They're they're out of business. You can talk are, about are sure? what what they used to be. Uh, they have to be out of business by now. They have to be. If the latest development in beer making uh, is appetizing or not, we cannot say, but it is sure a green way of going about your business. Currently advertised as the greenest beer, New Brew, is about uh, is made out of a liquid that is recycled from sewage, filtered, and pumped into Singapore's water supply, uh, according to reports. Now, why use urine so in sewage to make beer? In a world that is facing a water crisis, which is going to get worse in the coming years, every attempt to save and recycle water is needed. Beer requires a lot of water since 90% of the beverage is made up of water. Now, so to tackle the inevitable water crisis, Singapore's water agency has launched the drink to raise awareness about the country's water scarcity. So this is like the 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 Jones soda Thanksgiving flavors <laughs> they're putting out. Um, it's more of an awareness thing for charity or something to to make people more aware than it is to really, you know what? I think I'm gonna I'm gonna drink this gravy soda, um, <laughs> uh, so to speak. <laughs> I'm going to drink this. The sewage is uh, treated to become ultra clean water before mm-hmm. it is used to make 95% of the tropical blonde ale. Nope. Um, and, and the thing is, is there's, there's too much hubris around it. There's, there's, there's too much, 
There's, there's, there's too much braggadociousness about it where, where they're, they're telling you too much about how, no, it, nothing can go wrong. This is, this is like what happened with the Titanic. It's unsinkable. Um, you can't just say, no, no, it's, it's filtered so well. You'd never know there was shit in this, in this beer. Yeah. I, there's, there's things that, that you, they're an instant tell. Right. When you when they when they when they try to tell you what it's not from the very beginning, like when somebody gives you a pink shirt and you're like, this is pink. And they're like, no, it's not pink. It's salmon. Right. And like my rule is, if you have to say something's not pink, you would really only say that if it was pink. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So at the the minute you have to say our our beer really has virtually no pee pee and poo poo in it virtually <laughs> yeah. it's like you know the fda has an allowable amount of rat droppings in just about everything that you eat yes an allowable so, amount yeah i, <laughs> I don't they want don't, them. I, they don't put I that on the package the though tracy <laughs> the, I, I it's it's the normal threshold i want that's it I, I don't i don't want guarantees that there isn't any because that makes me think there's got to be some yeah, yeah, that exactly. Yeah, made with, made with hubris. Um, yeah. And you know what? You know what happens at every company that produces anything on, you know, around four thirty in the afternoon on on Friday before the weekend. Um, yeah. uh, standards go down, <laughs> right? My dad used to used to j- joke about like he'd test drive a car and it would be a, have a noise in it, and he's like, "Oh, this is a Friday car." <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah, you're this. This was uh, this was not made on on the best day, um, right? Yeah. And at this point, this isn't like just a normal situation. This is like where somebody's job is to make sure that. Uh, the 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 pee pee and poo poo is is out. Yeah, you know like, what? I don't need to rinse. I don't need to double rinse that hose. I I yeah. I got a date he's tonight. Like, What's five percent? No one's gonna know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Who who's who's gonna who's gonna be able to tell? So nope, yeah. uh, they're out of business, and uh, and I'm not interested uh, in uh, in whatever yeah. the it, United States does to try and and replicate this. Yeah, and hopefully they fire the Friday hose guy. Yeah. Yeah. Or at least yes. say, you know what, we're going, we're going to a four day work week because that shit's not going to start happening on Thursday for sure. Our fourth story, speaking of hubris, a plaster cast of Jimi Hendrix's penis is to be unveiled at the Icelandic Philological Museum, Philological Museum in downtown Reykjavik. The artifact was donated by the late Cynthia Albritton, otherwise known as Cynthia Plaster Caster. And that was, if anybody knows in the in the old uh, uh, Kiss catalog, the song Plaster Caster, uh, that's where this uh, this was inspired. But it's one of those few cast replicas of the legendary guitarist genitalia. It was uh, displayed during a closed event at the museum. Uh, which uh, will uh, take place later this year in early June. Tracy, mm-hmm. how many plaster casts of your um, gear have you mm-hmm. have you made? Oh, not not plaster, not not plaster for sure. Okay, um, because uh, that that was uh, where I grew up. Plaster was uh, was very expensive. So. You're saying that you've never 
made a plaster cast of your junk. No, never, never once. Just, yeah, uh, neither I mean, have I. I feel like I'm behind the curve here. And way back in like, what, 71, 72, Jimi Hendrix is like, you know what? Uh, I'm going to put myself in some of that plaster. And uh, I feel like by now in the like in the 2020s, like we all should have. This should be something that everybody's doing. It, do you think this it was like, like right next to the nail something? salon? Like people were in, into in that the, for a while? There's the you know the nail salon, the uh, the the mass- massage place, and yeah. then like the plaster cast place right next to it. Yeah, that's that's really that's that's like how do you how do you approach somebody? I don't I don't know if um if you know Hendrix was coming off stage after lighting his guitar on fire, and he's like, you know what, I need some place to put this. <laughs> you know you know I. I don't know. I did. Al, Al Britton was uh, was was famous for this for sure, and she had just a museum of lots of different stars. So uh, she gained her fame uh, for her plaster work with many iconic rock stars uh, after uh, discovering in her art class that she could cast about anything that was solid, uh, and uh, that uh, plaster would retain its shape. So some of her models included members of the Dead Kennedys, the Buzzcocks, MC5's <laughs> Wayne Kramer, the Buzzcocks. Yeah. And she also uh, casted uh, breasts for many female artists. You know, it's it's something like, you know what? Hey, I can make a I can make a plaster cast of anything. I'm I'm going with dorks. Um that's because well, I mean, what would you do? I mean, because I, I guess like three D printing would be the uh, the thing now. Yeah, I don't know. That I, would be great to like to, just to have your body three or parts of your body three D printed. I'd like to see like I'd like to see a plaster cast of Jimi Hendrix's like actual hand. You know, like e- either one of his hands. You'd be like, wow, those are, those are the fingers that played the guitar. I don't need I don't need a plaster. The, Humanity doesn't need a plaster cast of, of you know his wiener, <laughs> right? I, I look. I'm just reporting the news. I don't. This is not an. You know, I don't make the news. Segment. The news just comes to me. They, they tell me about so, uh, this plaster cast. Jimi Hendrix was Al Britton's very first celebrity client. So apparently, she uh, she uh, practiced on a lot of like her neighbors. Okay, so so her pitch isn't. You know what? I have Laurence Olivier. Um, I have Bella Lugosi's penis. Um, I have all of these other penises. And, you know, Jimmy, um, you're next. It's like, you know what? I've never done this before, Jimmy. Uh, put your dick in this. Uh, th- that's That had to have been a pitch. It'll go on my shelf right next to Bob Hope. Yeah, <laughs> right next right next to Bob Hope. And that's right next to Bing Crosby because it's, it's the... Uh, it's the, the buddy, it's the buddy comedy. <laughs> 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 uh, that was that was the joke I was searching for. I think oh, I would have no. gotten there. No, I would have gotten there eventually, but that, but nowhere near as fast as you did. That was really really good. Um, yeah, well, yeah. Anyway, so yeah, that's yeah. Uh, that's I'm I, I'm not I'm I, I. They say never say never, but uh, nope. Um, Tracy, so do you have speak. any other any other news? I'm not done with this one. Speaking oh, of the process, Al Britton said uh, Jimmy was really laid back, relaxed, and very quiet during the mold. And also adding, he got a few of his uh, pubes stuck. 
So anyway, that's well, something she had. May, maybe we can clone him. <laughs> so, well, let's hope. That's the news, Steve. Well, you know what? We've had a very special night tonight until that last story. And, uh, and I want to thank again, um, our, uh, our guests for coming on and cleaning our clocks. Um, Rory and Zach, uh, thanks for coming on gentlemen. Um, we hope to have you on again sometime soon and you can, you know, tell us all the other wonders of the universe. That'd be fantastic. Um, I learned a lot about our children tonight Yeah, and, uh, I, I but think they, uh, but they've learned nothing from us. Yeah, that, that I guess that's really what I was getting at. It, uh, it's it's very much a one way street. Yeah, yes, yeah, I I agree. Um, Tracy, do you have anything else that you'd like to uh, uh, to impart on our listeners? I sure don't. I'm looking forward to a big long weekend. I hope everybody has a great Memorial Day. Yeah, great weekend, and uh, it'll be nice to have Dave back. Um, he uh, he used to be on the show. A lot. I, um, I loved it when he was on the show. Was yeah, I, he's the best talker. He he has uh, he has the best words. He has so much talk. Yes, lots and lots of talk. Um, but anyway, uh, we're excited to have him back. And um, so for Dave, for Tracy, and for me, Steve, we'll catch you next time on the Dave and Steve Show with Tracy. Bad criminals. Because they're easy to catch.